1: Into the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, guiding your gridiron journey. None other than your host, former NFL lineman Ross Tucker.
0: Oh yeah, it is, but it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday, presented, of course by DraftKings, so fired up to give you my quick hit thoughts on everything that happened preseason week two, but I can't watch all of it. So I wanted to bring in one of the guys whose company does watch every player on every snap. I can't even imagine how heavy of a lift that is for preseason games. We'll get to it with Steve Palazzolo from Pro Football Focus momentarily. I did want to point out, by the way, this is it. This is the last week to get into the best ball draft with me and Joe Dolan from the Fantasy Feast and get a chance to win $500. The easiest, best way to do that is go to westshorehome.com slash Ross and get that free estimate on by far the best bath project you could ever get. By the way, they also do entryway doors, they do windows if you're into those type of things. I haven't done those with them yet. I've just done the two bathrooms and it was absolutely spectacular for them to be in and out in a day and to see how excited my daughters are with their new bathroom. That's westshorehome.com slash Ross. So why not just get the free estimate, see how much it is, get into the best ball draft, and look at the videos and pictures of my house if you've ever been curious westshorehome.com slash Ross. It is Big Show time.
1: The Big Show.
0: All right, as promised, we got my guy Steve Palazzolo. Listen, if you've been watching for a long time or listening to the show for a long time, you already know. Dude's like 6'10", played professional baseball for a long time. Now he loves football because he knows it's the greatest sport, which I love. You can check him out like I do on Twitter at PFF underscore Steve. He's the head of football product. Has an awesome, by the way, podcast as well. The PFF NFL podcast. Steve, I think this is maybe an annual thing where I ask you to come on in August to kind of find out maybe some of the rookies that we're not talking about enough that have looked pretty good through the first two weeks. I think we did this last year, didn't we?
1: Yeah, I was looking at our text uh, history. It was definitely last year as well after week one or two. So, yeah, first look at the rookies is always a lot of fun in August.
0: Yeah, and I might talk about this a little bit later. It's not the be-all, end-all, Steve, but if if a rookie looks really good in the preseason, there's a better chance than that, that, that they're that they're actually good. And if a rookie looks really bad in the preseason – Look, we we all have examples of guys that have overcome that. But, you know, first impressions matter, I think, Steve. And there's usually a decent indicator with some of these guys. So I want to dive into some of the guys that have jumped out to you. I'm certainly going to ask you about the quarterbacks because I find that fascinating. I called Thursday night's game between the Eagles and the Browns. And I've been really impressed through a few games by both Dorian Thompson-Robinson And Tanner McKee, maybe we just start there, Steve, because it feels like the quarterbacks that have been most impressive so far this preseason are those two guys, a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and then maybe even Aiden O'Connell, a fourth-round pick, certainly more impressive than some of the the, the first-round guys. I'm not exactly sure why that is, but what, what have you guys seen over at PFF looking in particular at O'Connell DTR and Tanner McKee.
1: So we've definitely seen all of them playing well I mean let's start with we'll start with your game you did a great job calling the game by the way Ross Ross you got the the national audience the island game on Thursday night last week good work uh, but yeah Tanner McKees looked really good for the Eagles he was an interesting prospect huge. Uh, really good arm, but in this in this age of quarterbacks have to have some level of mobility, he doesn't really have any of that, but he was coming out of the Stanford offense that where he you, you threw a couple back shoulders the other night. That was like the entire Stanford offense for Tanner McKee. He had a lot of experience doing that. Um, so he's, he throws the ball pretty well, and it was interesting to see him in a different offense. I don't think Stanford put him in really great position to succeed. So he's thrown the ball pretty well so far in the preseason. And then DTR was you know one of those guys, he felt like he started at UCLA since the 90s, but he just kept getting better every year at UCLA. And there's definitely some people who probably wrote him off after early in his career. He was very erratic, but by the end of his UCLA career, accuracy was much better. Natural playmaking would show up. And we've seen that in the preseason for the Browns when things are inside of structure, he's delivering the ball. Outside of structure, he's making plays both as a runner and as a passer. We've seen three games of DTR. He's looking really good. And then Aiden O'Connell, I don't know what to do with this yet for the Raiders. He just hasn't missed a throw yet. He's been incredible. Big-time throws, smooth, working uh, within rhythm, outside of rhythm, on time, accurate. Uh, Aiden O'Connell's one of those guys, when you watched his best plays at Purdue, he looked like a first-rounder. His best plays at Purdue, it was like, man, this dude can do it all. But his worst plays, he looked like, you know, an undrafted free agent who should never see the field, so... Um, I'm waiting to see more and more evidence for O'Connell, but he just looks very comfortable right now. We, we know preseason stats don't matter a whole lot, but it's his comfort level, his accuracy, his ability to deliver the ball. Aiden O'Connell has been maybe the best quarterback in the entire preseason in the NFL.
0: Uh, do you think we missed anything with any of these guys, with them being fourth, fifth, sixth-round picks? Because they do look comfortable. They do like they look they, like they've adapted to it. And the guy that really impresses me is DTR – Because he's been great from the pocket in rhythm, but then he does have the extra running ability. I mean, the
1: dude laid out two blocks the other night. I'm like obsessed with him at this point. So it's interesting because we're all guilty of the last thing that we saw in the NFL, just assuming that's what we're going to see going forward. And that's uh, who's, who's this year's Brock Purdy? You know, everybody's asking, who's this year's Brock Purdy? And I'm not saying that there's going to be a Brock Purdy, right, a late-round pick who goes in and is, is, is excellent you know, at some point during the season. But is there something to the old Bill Parcells theory of, hey, remember, he, he didn't want to draft a guy who had under, what, 36 college starts or whatever it was. He really wanted experienced quarterbacks. And I think we got away from that for a while because quarterbacks were juniors. They're coming out. A lot of times they come out after one year of experience. Maybe over the last couple of years we've underrated experience. And guys like DTR – Guys like Brock Purdy, who have played a ton of football at the college level and had maybe some ups and downs and had those ups and downs at the college level, maybe they come in a little bit more prepared, like Parcells thought, you know, way back 30, 40 years ago. So that's the only thing I, I might that I might think there is that the, the experienced college quarterbacks maybe have been underrated through the years and guys like DTR fly under the radar because you've got this whole body of work of inconsistent play, but by the end... He was a lot better at UCLA and maybe ready for the NFL.
0: Yeah, and honestly, Steve, one of the things I think about when I think about like this year's draft, I would love to have seen what DTR or Tanner McKee or Andrew O'Connell, any of these guys look like if they were the quarterback at Alabama or Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like Bryce Young goes one, CJ Stroud goes two. I get it. They're really good players. I'm not saying they're not deserving. I'm just saying like it's a little bit different when you're playing at Purdue and Stanford and UCLA than it is when you're playing at Alabama and Ohio State. And one of the things I feel like I notice when I watch Bryce Young and T.J. Stroud a little bit is they're a little bit un- unaccustomed to how muddied things are, whether it's their protection or whether or not guys are open. You know, I always laugh. You watch CJ Stroud, I don't think I ever saw him get touched. And, I mean, that one year – whether it was Olave or Garrett Wilson they're open by like 20 yards on those deep post touchdowns I'm like what Are, is there even 11 guys on defense on some of these plays
1: no I think it's a great point and it, it's, I think it's what makes one of the things that makes quarterback evaluation so difficult right the quarterback I mean it's one of the things we try to do at PFF but even with a grade separate we, we try to separate the grade from the stats so just because a quarterback has great stats it might not be all him it might be his receivers it might be the protection that he's getting Um, But even then, it's still difficult to just overall separate a quarterback's performance from his supporting cast, his circumstances. C.J. Stroud, in particular, he didn't really perform well under pressure until the Georgia game. You know, in his biggest game against the best defense, and that's what made C.J. Stroud's evaluation so difficult. He looked terrible under pressure until the biggest game against the best team. And then it was like, all right, how's he going to handle that going forward? So um, it is very difficult, I think, separating the quarterback from their circumstances when you're projecting them. What have you seen
0: from those first four guys, Steve, before we move on to some of the other positions, what have you seen from Stroud, Bryce Young, uh, Anthony Richardson, and and Will Levis?
1: Yeah, so I think Bryce youngs we haven't seen a ton, right, not not much good or bad, you know, a couple, uh, he has had to face pressure, you know, a little bit more than you would expect, I think, and um, we haven't gotten a great evaluation on Bryce Young yet, so I think that's my evaluation on him so far is incomplete. With C.J. Stroud, we saw that first week he only had the four passes. One of them was the terrible one of the interception. He was you know, third and long, holding the ball forever in the pocket. Um, it felt like old friend PFF Bobby Slowick, a former PFFer, calling the plays there for the Texans, felt like this past week Bobby really tried to get the ball out of Stroud's hands quicker. Boot action, Uh, Quick game. I thought they did a really nice job uh, helping Stroud bounce back. I thought he looked a lot better. Last week he had two passes that really showed off that accuracy that he had at Ohio State. Deep out, uh, deep crosser. So Stroud, I thought, bounced back from that rough first, you know, four passes for whatever that was worth. Um, Anthony Richardson showed off all of his skills as well. He had the the rough interception, but, you know, it's a little miscommunication on an RPO. It was kind of a weird pass and then he bounces back to just drop one in the bucket down the field and uh, actually hit a couple accurate passes Richardson and his one start for the Colts so um, again it's limited it's limited time you see a lot of what you saw in college from these guys but I thought Richardson was impressive for you know just the few snaps you get to see him as a starter he's gonna be one of the most exciting players in the NFL no matter what happens this season Um, and then Will Levis I thought he had a little you know especially week one against the Bears, rough stretch, trying to lead, for whatever the preseason's worth, trying to lead a game-winning drive, bad overthrow on an open receiver, throws the game-ending interception. I think Levis has been, uh, you know, not had a great start. Uh, And, you know, remember, he was rumored to go in the top ten, a little less pressure now as a second-round pick and maybe even third string on the depth chart. But Levis is, his development's going to be really interesting because I think a lot of people did like him in the first round and he fell to the second.
0: What I like, Steve, is Labatt Blue Light because it's absolutely delicious. Had several this past weekend down at the Jersey Shore. It was awesome. Already looking forward to having some again this weekend, including in Nashville. I've got Vanderbilt and Hawaii on the radio side Saturday night. Always enjoy Labatt Blue Light responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Steve, let's dive into some of the guys, non-quarterbacks, that have jumped out to you. And this first name, as you and I were texting back and forth, he jumped out to me from a a, a post from Warren Sharp. It was a really impressive move to bend around the edge. Nick Herbig, the Steelers' outside linebacker. And I said this on, on Twitter yesterday, Steve, at Ross Tucker NFL, I swear, since I was born, the Steelers just find guys, whether it's Highsmith or Jason Gilden or, I mean, Greg Lloyd. They just find these dudes that are like 6'2", 250, and can get after the quarterback. And at least on that one play, look like they might have one in Herbig. What have you seen?
1: Yeah, man, I I loved Herbig at Wisconsin. That was the role he played as an edge rusher. I also thought he could play off the ball linebacker a little bit, but you're right. I mean, that's what the Steelers get. It's like they have the market on guys like Herbig who have incredible pass rush production at the college level. But there's probably some teams who still fall into this old school four three, three four bucket. There's probably some four three base teams who look at a Herbig and they're like, I don't know, six two, two fifty. I don't know if that's gonna fit. Our base defensive end, and then the Steelers scoop him up in the fourth round. And yeah, Herbig can rush the passer. I mean, he's he was very effective doing that in Wisconsin. But the Steelers also like to drop their linebackers in coverage, their outside backers more than most. Uh, you know, edge rushers are gonna gonna drop, and a guy like Herbig has some versatility there. I love his athleticism. I remember texting somebody at PFF saying, "I just want this dude on my team. I don't know if he's. Some teams might want to move him to linebacker. I wouldn't do it." But I love that versatility. So I think so far, Herbig, uh, two straight weeks, rushing the passer, extremely effective for the Steelers, but also I think he has some versatility, and I, I just love him as a player.
0: So one guy that impressed me the first couple of weeks, and then he was up and down, I would say, Thursday night, going against Nolan Smith. It's just so awesome uh, to see these guys go against each other, Steve. I mean, Nolan Smith weighed 238, Dewan Jones weighed 374, so to see it. those guys, and one time, Nolan Smith did a great job, we, we call it catch and wrist, like where you, he literally took the wrists of Dewan Jones and lifted him up. I mean, I was impressed. Love watching those uh, highly drafted rookies go against each other, but especially for where Jones was drafted, Steve, I mean, he looks like he's got a great chance to be a starting right tackle in the league at some point.
1: Yeah, Dewan Jones for the Browns. I mean, he he was a lot of people expected him to go late first or maybe into, especially in, by the second round. He goes in the fourth to the Browns, and you're right. I mean, that battle with Nolan Smith was absolutely fantastic. But even those couple reps where Nolan Smith got under him as a pass rusher, it kind of takes a while, right? It's not a lot of clean losses for Dewan Jones. That's what he did at Ohio State because he's so massive and he's got that recovery length. It shows up in his. PFF production he only gave up a handful of pressures all last season this preseason Nolan Smith got him a couple times but it's only like three pressures I think that Dewan Jones has given up so far and he's seen more snaps than any other player in the preseason so we've seen him quite a bit from a pass protection standpoint DeWan Jones looks really good I think the Browns got a steal in the fourth round there's not a path to the field right now Jack Conklin's your starting right tackle Jedrick Wills is your starting left tackle for the Browns but I think Dewan Jones immediately does look like a future starter, and it gives the Browns a lot of flexibility. So, yeah, I love that matchup with Nolan Smith, and Dewan Jones had his wins in there as well. So, yeah, I've been real impressed with the fourth-round rookie for the Browns.
0: So I was a little skeptical, Steve, when the Jets took Will McDonald where they did. I thought maybe they reached. I thought they wanted an offensive lineman. But,
1: boy, he's looked good so far this preseason, hasn't he? He has, and at Ohio State, you know, we, we 240 pounder that they were playing on the interior, basically in their 3-3-5 scheme. When Robert Sala drafted him, he called him. He says, "You're playing wide nine for us. That's and that's his best scheme fit." So they are true to their word. They're putting him out wide and saying, "Use your explosiveness." He's, he's already got a killer spin move. I'm not saying he's Dwight Freeney or anything, but it's that type of pass rush arsenal, right? You got to respect the speed. You got to respect the spin. And he hasn't been great in the run game just yet, but that's not why they drafted him in the middle of the first round so Will McDonald early in the in his career he's going to be getting after the quarterback the Jets defensive line looks loaded McDonald could have 10 sacks as a rookie just because I think he'll get the opportunities I think they're just going to let him go rush the passer and he looks explosive with a move set and I think he's going to be an immediate contributor for that Jets deep defensive line
0: so speaking of explosive how about some of these receivers that weren't first-round guys like Rasheed Rice for the Chiefs and Tank Dell for the Texans.
1: I loved Tank Dell coming out, you know, quick, fast, and I you know, we saw that week one uh, against New England. You know, he, was, he just gets open, man. He just gets open. His only question is he's tiny. You know, he's about 150 pounds. So Tank Dell, whether he's working out of the slot, outside, he had a nice back shoulder touchdown in week one of the preseason. I think he has a chance to be an immediate contributor just because – Uh, One of the things things I look at is does he look quick? Does he look fast on an NFL field? Absolutely. Tank Dell has both, and he gets open. And Rasheed Rice was real interesting for the Chiefs. They've got a deep group of receivers, but they were featuring Rasheed Rice the other night in the slot, getting the ball into his hands. The Chiefs mentioned it when they drafted him. They love his yak ability. You saw it the other night when he would catch, get up fields. They threw him a ton of screens. Um, I think Rasheed Rice for the Chiefs, he has a chance to contribute immediately. He had a drop early on, but they kept feeding him the ball. I think he could become a Patrick Mahomes favorite uh, pretty early in his rookie season. So it looked like they really want to feature Rasheed Rice, and he was up to task the other night looking really, really good against the Cardinals. Check him out
0: on social media. He is the man at PFF underscore Steve. Big fan of Steve Palazzolo and everything that the folks over at Pro Football Focus do. Steve, thanks so much for the time, as always. Really appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, Ross. Man, that was awesome. Love talking a little football language with Steve Palazzolo, just like I love learning even bits and pieces of a new language with Babbel. Do you know one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, check it off the list with Babbel. You know, with Babbel, you can start speaking a new language in just three weeks. I know there are people that still have travel plans this summer. Get on it. Or maybe you did travel somewhere and you're like, you know what? I really would like to learn that language. I'd like to go back someday and have a better feel for it. There's a reason why Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold. There's a bunch of different studies that have found using Babel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester of college. Here's the deal, special, just for you guys. Get started right now, get 55% off your Babel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel.com slash Ross. Get 55% off at babelcom slash Ross, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash Ross. Rules and restrictions may apply. Ducks takes. All right, Ross, we'll start with a couple news points. We got the Ravens signing cornerback Ronald Darby and defensive engine Jadavian Clowney. The Commanders named Sam Howell, their starting quarterback. And Saints tight end Jimmy Graham was taken into custody after a medical episode in Los Angeles. Well, the Ravens need DBs now, corners, now that uh, Marlon Humphrey's out for at least a couple games. As for Clowney, That guy, uh, Jack, you got to look it up for Wednesday. When the last time is that that guy went to a training camp, which is like the first two or three weeks of the season uh, of training camp? Never. I don't know that he ever has. It's unbelievable. Nobody's surprised about Sam Howell. We knew that was coming. And then the Jimmy Graham thing is just kind of scary, really scary, actually. And I haven't gotten an update there about Jimmy, but he's a guy I know a little bit. I've talked to. I hope he's okay. We'll get your quick hits on some of the preseason games from this past week. We'll start with the one I think you're familiar with: Browns, Eagles. Right. And, man, we already talked about Tanner McKee and DTR for the quarterbacks that were in that game with Steve. I was really impressed by Austin Watkins and the wide receiver and Mahmoud Diabate for the Browns. He was fantastic, he's been fantastic. Eagles had a boatload of injuries in that game. Three of those guys have already gone on IR, not what you're looking for. I did think Nolan Smith and Nicobe Dean both made plays and looked good for the Eagles, which is big since they'll be playing this year. And then obviously, you know, I mentioned this on the broadcast, but last week people have been talking about Marcus Mariota And the Eagles have a backup court. I was like, what? He played fine against the Ravens. I thought he played well against the Ravens. Did not play as well against Cleveland. So now it absolutely is a talking point. Speaking of talking points, Jack, I'm going to make this my Labatt Take of the Week. Presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. NFL players want to play well in the preseason. Forget the scheme and all that stuff. If a guy is playing well, like Aiden O'Connell, Dorian Thompson Robinson, Tanner McKee, that's a good sign. Like he they're trying to play their best. And if guys are struggling, and I won't even name some of the guys that are struggling right now, that's not a real good sign. So these people say a preseason doesn't matter. It absolutely does matter for individual player performance because they're all trying to play as well as they can. Trust me. All right. Next, we'll move forward to is the Giants and Panthers. Thought Daniel Jones looked good, very comfortable. So did Darren Waller. By the way, Darren Waller's going to have a big year. Um, Bryce Young still under pressure all the time. Jack. Bengals Falcons. I think Jake Browning's been playing better than Simeon for the Bengals' backup quarterback job. Desmond Ritter looked good, and Bijan Robinson's the real deal, Jack. Jaguars, Lions. Tank Bigsby is going to get some touches for the Jags, and the, the Lions have a bunch of dudes on. Kaminsky was making plays. Jack Campbell's a tackling machine. Next up, we have Dolphins, Texans. Well, I did think Stroud was was much better, like Steve said. And how about the Dolphins' offense? They're like unstoppable, even with Skyler Thompson in there. How about Steelers-Bills? Both Jalen Warren, Calvin Austin have some serious juice. We mentioned Nick Herbig. And then you got the Bills-O line still not looking that good. Colts-Bears. Rashawn Johnson, another Texas running back, looking pretty good and Anthony Richards didn't didn't play I thought it was strange
1: Buccaneers Jets the
0: only thing that jumped out to me here was just Zach Wilson running and looking good doing it Chiefs Cardinals well the Chiefs backup quarterbacks both look good Gabbert and Shane Bouchelle. I will say this the the cards defense much better this year than last year Patriots Packers Jordan Love continuing the show well. Isaiah Bolden injury was scary, and they suspended the game. Titans-Vikings. You know, like a lot of these guys, the the thing that jumped out was probably Malik Willis running. 49ers-Broncos. Really good sign for Brock Purdy to play as well as he did. Raiders-Rams. And I think if you're a Raiders fan, it wasn't just Aiden O'Connell. Jimmy G was in rhythm. Seahawks-Cowboys? The Seahawks rookies on offense look legit and uh, really things for the Cowboys. They lost a good one in their rookie linebacker, DeMarvian Overshone. And we'll wrap it up with Saints-Chargers. Easton Stick, a lot of quarterbacks running in the preseason. Then Kendra Miller did some positive things. Saints are going to need him first three weeks without Alvin Kamara. Other than that, I think we're done here.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker football podcast. Make sure to also check out even money fantasy feast and college draft all on the DraftKings network on Samsung TV plus YouTube or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.
0: Shout outs pizza boy brewing, sport culture, human at go bangles.com backofficeschedule.com and the best gift you can get anyone anniversaries, weddings, birthdays, back to football season it's my frontpage